0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Happy draft week, everyone. It is Monday, and a lot has changed since we've really gotten together and done our usual shows. All last week, if you missed it, shame on you for six weeks. But more importantly, welcome to many, many new listeners. All last week, we did an entire Locked On NFL mock draft with many, many participants from all over the network really showed what the Locked On network is capable of. And I was lucky enough to have a lot of you join my show. And thank you, first of all. And welcome, new listeners. And we haven't talked like this with some of you And many of you have been here a long time, and thank you, and back to my ESPN days and all those things. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, first of all, and then I'm going to get into a show that's a very popular one every year. I do it once a year. Uh, I'm Matt Williamson. I started my career, basically, as the recruiting assistant at the University of Pittsburgh. That was, wow, like 18, 19 years ago, something like that. Um, helped recruit. Guy was there for Antonio Bryant's last season at Pitt and both the Larry Fitzgerald's years. So I helped re- recruit guys like Revis, Flacco, Larry. I mean, we went to three bowl games. Things were really good. And I'm from Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh now, so that's home. Grew up somewhat of a Pitt fan too. The Merino years, those type of things when I was a kid. I'm 45 years old. I then went to Akron as the. Um, director of football operations. Uh, J.D. Brookhart, our receivers coach, was the head coach there. I was there for like eight or nine months with Charlie Fry, was a notable Akron Zip when I was there, and quickly found out that the Browns were looking for a scouting position, which was right down the road. I built a relationship with them. I got that job, was there for one year. Unfortunately, we didn't do so well, and basically everyone got fired. Butch Davis hired me. I was there. I got hired the day after they drafted Kellen Winslow and let go the day after we drafted Braylon Edwards, to give you some idea. And then I went to ESPN for 10 years, 10 great years. And that's when I began podcasting. The Football Today podcast was one of, to be honest, it was the biggest NFL podcast in the world. And ESPN couldn't figure out how to make money with it back then. A lot of people didn't know what podcasting was. But we had a huge fan base. And I've been doing this ever since, as well as writing all over the net. Um, I have a regular appearance, a regular profile with Steelers Nation Radio. I'll be down at the Steelers facility Thursday, Friday, Saturday broadcasting the draft live. Do a lot of live shows um, from mini camp, training camp, all those type of things. So it's good stuff. I am at Williamson on at Williamson NFL on Twitter. And again, thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for joining. Thanks for leaving so many good remarks on iTunes and spreading the word. But our usual format is, give or take, we try to keep this thing under half an hour. Sometimes I just get rolling and we have too good a guest and I can't help myself. But they're going to be smaller than what you were used to last week. I mean, they're 20 to 30 minutes, quick hitting, um, with a real feel of, hey, belly up to my bar. Let's sit here and chat football with guests or without. Today we don't have one. Um, usually, I try to record around noon Eastern, but that can move here and there with all of our schedules, and depending who um, stops by that day, obviously. And we are also brought to you by Mock Out. I'll tell you about them later. Uh, Mock Out's going to sponsor every show this week, and they've been a, a very good. Friend of the show, you know the, these last couple months leading up to the draft. So obviously it's draft week, folks, which is awesome. Um, today I am going to do my draft observations, and what these are are every year I write quite a bit for Draft Digest, um, their their draft guide that they put out. I don't write the profiles, but I do the you know the bulk of the rest of the magazine. And one thing they asked me to do is go look at draft trends for all 32 teams. So what I do is I go to drafthistory.com, I pull up every team and just basically just stare at it. Like what's sticking out to me? What are trends? And jot them down and then when you go to their their page on in the draft digest, you know, publication, it'll say Buffalo Bills, blah blah blah. And that was me pulling it up. And so once a year I always share those with you guys too. Um and that's today's show. You know, as we lead into Thursday's draft. Um, I'm still working on Tuesday getting a draft expert. We've been pretty consistent having a draft person of some sort from around the net or from the network. We'll sit down and it'll you know, be our last one going into the draft. As usual, every Wednesday, Mark Schofield, he's a quarterback guru and locked on NFL Patriots. will stop by on Wednesday. My old buddy from ESPN, Mike Sando, will be here on Friday and needless to say, Friday, or I'm sorry, Mike Sando will be here Thursday, Friday, as he is every Thursday. We record at noon every Thursday. And then Friday, I'm just going to react around one. I mean, obviously, um, there'll be plenty to discuss this week. So it's going to be a good week, a jam-packed week, much different than last week. So, folks, last week was the anomaly. I'm sure we'll be doing things like that throughout the year, and I'm sure we'll be doing that mock draft again next year. But that's the gig so far. I mean, that's that's where we're at. I just wanted to kind of... Lay that all out for all of you because there are a lot of of new people tuning in. So I also mentioned Mockout. Mockout is the only app where you can make a mock draft and enter a mock draft contest. If you're going to watch the draft anyways, which all of you are, which you obviously should, well, make it count. Get some skin in the game. With Mockout, you can make a mock draft pool for you and your friends. Then you have a rooting interest in every pick as opposed to just your favorite team. Because when you're in a mock draft pool, every pick matters, not just for your favorite team. The draft is less than a week away, so it can be much better if you go to MockOut.com, get the free app, Own the Draft. All right, I mentioned I went to DraftHistory.com, stared at everyone's drafts in the last couple years, and came up with some nuggets. And most of these, I think, are really interesting team building, obviously different general managers, different people making those decisions. But you you can see why the team is in the state it is, good, bad, ugly, from their drafts a lot of time. And it's one of the most important things to, to look at. So let's do the AFC here. Buffalo. Since drafting Sammy Watkins in the first round in 2014, Buffalo has only used one pick in the first five rounds on a wide receiver. And they've lost Woods and Watkins and Goodwin and you know, so why do you think their receivers are such a disaster? Why'd they have to put so many resources into it and might not be done yet? I mean, only one pick in the first five rounds since 2014. Miami. In the past six draft, past six drafts, Miami has drafted just one quarterback, Brandon Doherty in the seventh round of two thousand sixteen. So, more or less, the Dolphins have not drafted a quarterback in six drafts. Hard to hit on a mid-round guy, a Dak Prescott, or Russell Wilson, if you don't throw anything at the, at the board, you know what I'm saying? Let alone first-rounders. And I know Tannehill was there, but, you know, that's interesting. New England. With the exception of 2017, the Patriots have made at least nine selections. You only get seven in five straight years you can see what they're doing and it's going to, probably going to happen again today. They have a, or this year they have a ton of day 2 picks. They're smart enough to to realize that picks are super valuable and picks even if you're a good drafter are hard. I mean the success rate on draft picks is low. But if I take 9 every year and I hit on 4 or 5 as opposed to drafting 6 or 7 players and hitting on 3 Well, I'm going to have a deeper, cheaper, younger roster. The Jets. In their last last dozen drafts, the Jets have gone defense every year that they have not drafted a quarterback in round one. Twelve drafts in a row have either been a quarterback in the first round, Darnold, Sanchez, or it's been a defensive player. Could keep up, too. I mean, there's a really good chance they draft a defensive player. Baltimore. Since 2006... The Ravens have averaged 8.8 8 draft choices per year. That's a long stretch. You only get 7. They more than anyone over that stretch value the comp picks. You know, they're on, they're drafting nine guys a year since 2006 basically. That's huge. he, Since 2013, 12 of the Bengals' first two selections have been offensive players. So what? You know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. A dozen of their basically top, you know, their their early 16 picks have all been on offense. Well, they had like kind of a historically bad defense last year, if you recall. Cleveland. A lot of reasons for this one. This one's going to come back to the mean, finally. But the Browns have made 45 selections over the past four drafts. That's a little ton. Four drafts. You had 45 draft picks in the last four years. No wonder they get better. You better be getting better, Steelers, my team here in Pittsburgh. The last team, the, the last time the Steelers picked an offensive player in the first round was back in 2012, David DeCastro. So, I mean, they've been putting in a lot of resources into defense, starting to kind of pay off. But I'll tell you, Steeler fans aren't thrilled with where that is right now, considering all the first and early picks we've seen here on that side of the ball. Um Houston in the three most recent draft classes, Houston has made a dozen picks within the top one thirty overall. Okay. A dozen. Justin Reed and Zach Cunningham are the only defensive players out of those dozen. Yeah. Wonder if that changes. I would think not. I'm guessing it's gonna be O line. Colts. Since drafting Andrew Luck first overall in two thousand twelve. The Colts have used 12 picks in six years on offensive linemen, including a first-rounder in 2014, 2016, 2018. Wow. And it's paying off. They now have one of the best and you know most enviable offensive lines in the league. Jacksonville. In the last dozen drafts, the only offensive skill position player Jacksonville has taken in round one is Leonard Fournette. I'm including tight ends. I'm including wide receivers. And Fournette's not exactly the most pass-catcher-ish type of guy out there. you know. So why is Jacksonville's passing game struggling? Well, obviously Bortles had something to do with that too. But you better grab some guys that can make plays. Tennessee. The Titans have drafted just one tight end in their last six draft classes. That's not super noteworthy. I mean, Delaney Walker's been... Some of these, like I said, I stretch a little bit. Delaney Walker's been good, but that might be bound to change as well. Denver, for seven years in a row, the Broncos' first two picks have been balanced. One offensive player, one defensive player. Could can certainly see that being the case this year. Maybe they go linebacker, maybe they go quarterback, maybe they go tight end, maybe they go interior line, maybe they go something else on defense. But that's kind of interesting to me. You know, seven years in a row, OD, do, D-O. KC, before trading up to take Pat Mahomes... The Chiefs hadn't used a first or second round pick on a quarterback since 1992. I was a freshman at Pitt Johnstown in 1992. So, obviously moving up from Mahomes looks like it's paid off, but that was a pretty long stretch without using a prominent draft pick on a quarterback. The Chargers. In their past eight draft classes, the Chargers have only selected one quarterback, and that was with the 221st pick overall, Brad Sorensen. Eight draft classes in a row without using a, court or a draft pick, except for Brad Sorensen at 221. That might need to change real soon. Oakland. For 10 years in a row, the Raiders have selected at least one lineman on either side of the ball on the first or second day of the draft. That's 10 years in a row. I mean... Of course, people are going to draft linemen consistently on both sides of the ball. But 10 years in a row, they have. And I would bet that certainly holds up again. I mean, they're going to draft an edge guy on the first or second day. So that was the AFC, folks. I'm going to take a quick break here. I will be back with the NFC in a moment. Like I said, this is always one of the more fun shows of the year. You know, I don't... It takes a lot of time, dig through all these teams, look for trends. But a lot of them, I think, are really interesting and really telling. Dallas. Since selecting Des Bryant in 2010, the Cowboys have used just two picks in the first three rounds on a wide receiver. And I didn't count using a first-round pick to trade for Amari Cooper. So I cheated a little bit there. But that's a long time. I mean, that's eight drafts in a row, nine if you include De- Well, eight that they have not selected a wide receiver in the first 3 rounds. I mean that could change too, but they have other needs too. So you wonder why they get in a position where they need position where they need to go get an Amari Cooper. Well, they haven't used a high pick on a wide receiver in many, many drafts. Giants. In the last 9 drafts, New York has selected just 6 true linebackers. And their average position of pick is a 161st pick overall. So that one was a little confusing, but like the last nine drafts, they've taken six true off-the-ball linebackers, and the average spot that dude has been taken is like at 161 overall. Mm. Philly, last time the Eagles used a first-round pick on a corner was Alito Shepard in 2002. It's a long time to ignore a corner at the top of the draft. I mean, they've used seconds, they've used thirds, but that's a lot of drafts in a row without drafting a first-round cornerback in today's day and age. Washington. In the past two years, Washington has made three picks within the top 50 all overall. Okay, that's not too crazy. All three of those players went to Alabama. Hmm. Wonder if they grab another Bama dude this year early. Chicago. The earliest Chicago has drafted a defensive back over the past six years was Eddie Jackson, who's a stud, by the way, at the 112th pick overall. Six years without drafting a defensive back in the top 111? that And they have one of the best defenses in the league. I'm not saying that's a mold. I mean, that's an outlier, but really noteworthy. Detroit, this one probably doesn't going to shock you, but you would think their offensive line would be better after... The Lions have drafted an offensive lineman in the first round four of the last seven years. You should have a Colts-like line. You know what I mean? I mean, you're going to draft four of the last seven years using the first-round pick on a new line. Better be one of the best offensive lines in the league. Green Bay. The Packers' first pick in each of the last seven draft was on a defensive player. And it's still not a great D. I mean, not a great D. Could happen again. Although, I'd love to see like Hawkins in there. But that could be another defensive player this year. Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater was the only quarterback the Vikings have drafted in the last seven years. I mean, yeah, they just gave Cousin a boatload of money. Cousin's a boatload of money, but haven't drafted anyone in seven years besides Teddy Bridgewater. Atlanta, over the last five draft classes, the Falcons have made 14 top 75 picks. Okay, so that makes sense. Five draft classes, 14 picks in the top 75. Only three have been on offense. So 11 of those 14 of top 75 picks in the last five draft classes have been on defensive players. Should have a better D, I'm <laughs> just saying. I know injuries hurt their D last year, and they have some dudes on that side of the ball, but should be better. Carolina. Over the past five years, Carolina has made seven choices within the top 41 overall. Okay. Four of those picks were on wide receivers. Wow, you know, seven of the choices in the top 41 over the last five years. More than half were on wide receivers. And one was on Christian McCaffrey, come to think of it, who's quite the receiver. New Orleans. The Saints have drafted a defensive player with their first selection nine times in the last 11 years. (laughs) It's a trend. I mean, that's a lot. 11 years is a pretty big sample size. Tampa. Since 2008. The Bucks have drafted a defensive back or defensive lineman with their first pick eight times. Very likely to do it again. I mean, well, it doesn't set up for them that well, but it could be a defensive lineman. I think they'd like to do it again. Your defensive line, defensive backfield should be better. Arizona. Of the last 20 draft picks Arizona has made, seven of those players were offensive linemen. I note this because their offensive line was and is. Last year was last year and is in the conversation for worst in the league. And seven of the last 20 draft picks have been offensive linemen. And I don't look at their team and be like, boy, they got a wealth of youth at the offensive line. They'll be fine. Mm, Not even a little bit. Rams. From 2008 to 2016, the Rams average first selection was sixth overall. I mean, that was a long stretch that they were picking in the top six on average. They're picking six on average. Since then, their first selection overall has averaged to be out the 66th and a half overall pick. So times have changed a little since 2016 for this Rams club. Will it bite them? You know, I mean, will they... Mispicking in the early portions of the draft. Well, We see that ramifications this year, next year. It's just a much different franchise is what I'm saying, obviously. On and off the field, team building, drafting, all those things. The 49ers. The 49ers made 19 picks within the top 88 overall over the past five drafts. Okay, 19 of them. Only six of those 19 have been offensive players for the Niners. Hmm. These should be a little better. But, you know, I think that's interesting. Six out of 19. I mean, less than a third of them in top 88 overall players of over the last five drafts. Here's the last one. Seattle. Over the past four drafts, Seattle has drafted six offensive linemen with a pick in the first, second, third, or fourth round. So, you know, a lot of people were like, boy, Seattle's offensive line's terrible. They ignore it up there. They just let Wilson run around like crazy. And, oh, by the way, they traded for Dwayne Brown, a premium pick for him. I didn't even count that one. They invest in offensive linemen in Seattle, folks. Um, Folks, again, this was great. I ha- don't have a promise for you for tomorrow, but it's going to center around the draft for sure. I'm working on a couple guests. Yesterday was Easter, so the communication lines weren't wonderful yesterday. Um, But like I said, Mark will be here on Wednesday. Mike will be here on Thursday. I'm going to recap round one on Friday. Spread the word. Follow me on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Over and out.